1: This is Terrio Media. All right, hello. I am Matt Terrio of the Epic Real Estate Investing Show, and this is Thought Leader Thursday. Okay, so today I'm joined by a real estate investor and agent. He's had the pleasure of working with hundreds of investors from all over the world and helped them to grow massive wealth and passive income through remote real estate investments. He also leads a small retail real estate team working with buyers and sellers, servicing all 50 states. And in his spare time, he teaches college courses as an adjunct professor at a handful of colleges and universities. So please help me welcome today to the show, Dr. Matt Motil. Matt, welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing.
0: Thanks for having me. Appreciate you having me on. Sure, you bet. Um, Matt,
1: before we we dig into your business, what were you doing just prior to getting involved in real
0: estate? I've kind of been... Off and on in real estate since I was in college. So I would say, you know, high school. <laughs> okay. But um, re- my main gig before I was able to quit and fi- you know, what I say is quit and fire my boss forever and do real estate full time was I was in construction. So I got an engineering degree and then went out into the field as an engineer and then ended up in the construction industry. And I did that for about 18 years. So
1: what was it about real estate that you originally found so effect- uh, attractive?
0: You know, I read rich dad, poor dad when I was about 19 and mm-hmm. um, you know, because I, I saw people living, you know, lavish lifestyles. And I, and I was raised in the Midwest. I went to college in, you know, in Ohio and grew up in Ohio and Indiana and stuff. And people don't have like tons and tons and tons of money in the Midwest. It's just not that way. And mm-hmm. And it was like, how, how can I do more, be more, have more, how is that even a possibility? And so I liked the title "Rich Dad, Poor Dad," and so I checked it out, and that really kind of turned me on to the idea of growing wealth through real estate.
1: Got it. Yeah, I know that book has has transformed many lives. Certainly transformed yep. the thinking, rendered many people certifiably unemployable. Um, right. <laughs> you know. So, well, one thing that kind of fell short, in and the critics have kind of all noted this over the years, is that. Uh, the concepts and the theory are spot on, right on point, but it fell a little short when it came to the how-to. So, you know, once you had that idea in your head, how did you get started?
0: Well, you know, to be perfectly honest, that's a a great, I mean, that's a great insight because that was really what it was for me. So, here I am 19, I have no idea how to get into the real estate business, right? And so, and there really is a lack of how-to in that stuff. And so, I just started I headed down that path of the rich dad series. So I just kept reading, like I went to cashflow quadrant and I did like loopholes of, you know, tax loopholes of real estate. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. And so really my thought was, uh, you know, being very naive, you know, at 19 or whatever was, okay, I got to go and finish my degree. I got to go out into the industry. I got to make good money so that I can go to the bank and put 25% down and get an investment loan and start buying rental properties. And the reality is, I mean, I know now, obviously years later is that you don't need to use your own money Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: uh, it's actually better not to use your own money. It's a whole lot faster. Um, But that was my thought process. I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I better just continue down this path. And real estate in my mind at that time was, that was going to be my side hustle. So it was like, that was how I was going to build wealth and how I was going to leave a legacy and all that kind of stuff. But I needed my job. I needed my career to leverage that. Um, when obviously looking back on it 20 some years ago now, that's really not the case, but I didn't know any better.
1: Mm -hmm. Got it. Well, that's, (laughs) that seems to be a springboard for a lot of successful entrepreneurs is they didn't know any better. So they just did it. Right.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) you know, it's funny though, because I, I let fear get in the way a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really wasn't, I mean, I quit three years ago. Now I was able to, go into do real estate and investing full-time. But I worked in industry for a really long time and it really was, uh, a lot of it was the fear of the unknown and not really knowing what I was doing and um, and just letting kind of life get in the way that really stopped me from taking that leap a whole lot sooner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad for my experiences and everything like that, but, you know, I wish I would have started a whole lot sooner than I did. Right, right.
1: Yeah, I think we all have that thought, right? Sure. <laughs> if we only knew then what we know now, what yeah. could- Possible, you know. So, yep. you know, so how long have you been in the business then? So, since you're 19, and how old are you now? You look like what, 21,
0: I'm, 22? Yeah, no, <laughs> I'll be 38 here in another month or so. And okay. Um, so, I've been full time in real estate uh, for about three and a half years now. Um, and, uh, but we just kind of did it as, you know, we fell into it on accident, really. Um, and just started flipping houses, like house hacking. So, we'd buy a house that was distressed that we we moved into and, uh, you know, I was handy. So, I Mm -hmm. just fixed it up while we lived there and then sold it and made a profit. And The first time I did it, I was actually transferred from St. Louis to Phoenix. And so, I had to sell it fast and I just finished a bunch of work. And when we put it on, when we had agents come through to tell us what it was worth, they were like, well, you can sell it for this. And I'm like, really? Holy (laughs) cow. Like, um, and it, and it really opened my eyes to, cause you know, the books that I had read were really more geared towards buy and hold investing. Mm-hmm. And I really, and this was before HGTV made flipping houses popular. Right. And we were like, wow, I just, I just made some really nice money and we rolled it into, you know, we just rolled the equity into the next one. Um, and we did that all the way up until 2008 <laughs> and mm-hmm. then okay. literally watched all of that equity disappear. Um and we justified it by saying, Well, it was never really my money to begin with. Bullshit. Uh-huh. But you know, that was, was what definitely we told ourselves at that. Uh-huh. It was definitely my money. We just yeah. foolishly rolled it into the next deal instead of um pulling it out.
1: <laughs> well, don't beat yourself up on that one because uh there's a lot of people in the same boat, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people got hurt a whole lot worse than than I did, but um yeah, that was painful for sure.
1: Right. Okay, so 20 years from like when your first interest was sparked to, to now, um, 20 years or so, uh, how has your view of real estate changed over the
0: years? You know, I was always fascinated with it and I still I still love it. I still like it. Um, I think it's one of those things though is that when you are doing something else and you would love to make your hobby, your full-time gig, you, you like sensationalize it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, I would love to do this. I'd love to do this. And then there are days where I just go, I don't want to really look at houses today, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and so it does become a, it does have the ability to become a little bit of a grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and after being involved in a number of different um, different industries and kind of being tech savvy and things of that nature, sometimes it's like very very repetitive. The real estate business. I mean, I think it's amazing, and there's probably no better way to make money and make wealth in a very short period of time than to do real estate investing. Um, but it's not the sexiest thing out there, really. I mean, yeah. flipping houses is, but I'm I'm not a fan. To be perfectly right. honest, right? We we will flip if we will flip houses if like it's a great deal and the numbers make sense and all that kind of stuff. But you know, for the bang for your buck, I would rather just either buy and hold or wholesale.
1: Right. Totally. I'm I'm a, of a like mind there. Um. So you have a podcast. And you have a course, so you are an educator, you teach these, teach courses at colleges. And uh, what's one piece of bad advice out there that you see or hear frequently that just really makes your skin crawl?
0: (laughs) I don't know if it's like necessarily a piece of advice, but I'm not a huge fan of the guru seminars. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have a, we have a course on wholesaling. It takes somebody from literally zero experience in real estate whatsoever to getting their first deal done. And it's mm-hmm. just one path. I mean, there's, a, obviously there's, you know, there's tons and tons of ways you can get deals done. Right. And so instead of inundating people with like, here's all of the ways you can do real estate. It's like, here's one path. It's very simple. It's very low money out of pocket. You don't need credit and you get deals done. But there's this stuff that we see all the time where um, it's especially with the TV personalities, you know, like. Tarek and Christina, before they got divorced, you know, they're coming to Cleveland and they're going to do a seminar and come, it's free. And then the thing is you get there and it's n- not them. And right. it's a basically just a bait and switch for a, you know, to try to get you to sign up for a three-day thing, which is basically just a big commercial for the 40 to $60,000 guru program.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those, those irritate me.
1: Sure. That, that's
0: probably you know, I know that you were probably looking for something different, but like no, when people that's... tell me, Oh, I just spent 40 grand on a, on a seminar. I'm just like, you know, you could have bought a whole house for that. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but then what,
1: right. What do you do next after you've bought well,
0: one? And, and, but then the thing is what irritates me the most about that kind of thing is that the majority of the people that I talk to that go, well, I just spent 40 grand on this, or I spent 60 grand on this. And I won't say, you know, specific names of the programs or whatever is that six months later, 12 months later, they still haven't taken action. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what I go, that's wrong. Like if I'm if I'm going to investing that kind of capital, like we better be doing deals like right away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <We laughs> you better know?
1: take action on the information that you acquire, right?
0: Right. Well, and so that's exactly <clears throat> it. So is it bad information that people can't implement or mm-hmm. is it just a personality flaw of the person who spent that much money is that they're just not an action taker.
1: Right. Right. I have have personal experience with that being that uh, when I got started, you know, I spent $22,000 on a program and that's when $22,000 was absolutely unheard of. So that was probably 13, 14 years ago. There weren't any courses at at that time uh, at that price point, but uh, it was a two year program. It was, it was taught remotely and I think about this all the time and it is when I educate and I help people get their results or the results that they're looking for as well, is that I sat in a room. I mean, this was like when it was a really big deal. There weren't a lot of people doing this. So the rooms were really crowded. So just the fulfillment, like the actual education part of it, not the sales part of it, the education part, you know, there'd be 100, 200 people in the room and they're all in there listening to in the same environment with the same materials, listening to the same instructor, giving the exact same information to everybody. And still, I look back on this day and and I've not stayed close to that community, but there's a lot of mutual friends and indirect uh, interactions that I have. And I think there's only out of, that was over a three or four year program, I think more than 30,000 students went through that program. And uh, when I think about the people that I know that are actually out still doing it, I mean, I can count them on one hand, five or six people that are really doing real estate full time. I didn't know all 30,000, so there may be more. But I should know more than that because I knew a lot of people there, you know. So, right. um, and it's, it's, it's something I always struggle with and I continue to and we get closer and closer all the time. We're always making improvements. But, you know, inside of your course, inside of your teaching, how do you inspire people to actually take action? I mean, they, they got to bring themselves to the game as well. I mean, you can only give they, them so much they and do. they got to come that.
0: Yeah. And you, I think the, I think the biggest thing, because ultimately at the end of the day, if you're somebody who is in the education space or you want to be in that space and you want to like impact lives, because I think that's the reason why we get into it, is Mm -hmm. I think we have a support group for you know for people. So they they do the course, it's all digital and all that kind of thing. But we put them in a group. And so then we're in there and I'm I physically go in and I ping people on a regular basis. I'm like, where are you at? What are you doing? You know, Mm -hmm. what are you taking action? What do you need help with? And you know the saying you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink i mean there's just to a certain extent there is that um but at the same time too, I think if you are engaged with people um and try to find out what their sticking point is and try to help them get through it i mean that we we find is a it's a you know a little bit higher level of success but um I think the follow up and the and the continuity after just purchasing a course is really critical because you know. I mean, it's like a, it's like a study at home guide, you know, you, mm-hmm. you can buy the book, but it might sit on your shelf for, you know, forever <laughs> and you know, you never open it. So yeah,
1: I've got a lot of those,
0: I got a huge queue and I'm like, Oh, I want to read this. And then it's yeah, like, yeah. all right. Well, after I read the 30 that are ahead of it, <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. My, my audible bookshelf is quite extensive and I'm like, I'm going to get to that one. I'm going to get to that one. Every time I go to an event, I hear someone mention a really good book or every time I talk to someone say on an interview, they mention a good book, I go buy it right away and then it mm-hmm. sits there forever. But uh,
0: fortunately- That's like, that's like my but, reminder, right? I go to yeah. Audible and I'm like, bye. <laughs> and then I just know I don't have to remember that book because it's in my Audible <laughs> library. Right.
1: I, yeah, I don't need to worry about that one anymore because I own it. Right? Mean, yeah. Fortunately, I've read the right few. I focus on the right few and did what they said and the rest is just, uh, just in mm-hmm. case learning as we call it. Um, cool, so let's get really practical here. I visited your website and right. the theme there is all around firing your boss. And this is something that you had experience with, I guess, about three years ago when you went full time. Right. Uh, so if someone came to the conclusion that this is what must be done for themselves, I must fire my boss. What are the first three things that they should do?
0: Um, well, one is I, I tell people, cause I put together a guide. It's, it's a free thing we have on our website. It's called the pissed off guide to financial freedom. Nice And, um, the whole idea is, you know, obviously if you're upset about being employed, then, you know, you get pissed off after a certain point. I like um, it. and also the idea that I believe that if you're some, you know, for millennial to mid forties, you probably at some point are feeling like you've been lied to with mm-hmm. society of hurting us through, you know, the, what I call the middle-class trap. But, um, I tell everybody you need to have a budget you know, for your personal life, you got to get, you got to get really serious about your expenses because um, if you want to quit your job, you're going to have to do something different to generate money to replace that income. And the cheaper you can live, obviously the faster you can make that happen. And so Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times is people go, well, I really want to do my own thing and I want financial freedom and I want this and I want that. And it's like, okay, great. You know, you make $50,000 a year and you're going to Starbucks every day. You know, you're spending, you know, uh $150 a month on coffee, you know, is this really what you should be spending your money on? So the number one thing as I tell everybody, you need to make a budget. And then okay. the, um so the first thing is make a budget and then kind of like part one B is you need to get really serious about where you're spending your money and what you can cut. And you need to cut everything that you possibly can um to do that. Then step two is I tell everybody and it's kind of like um there's a book out called Start uh, start at the End I think is what it's called mm-hmm. um, and it's a it's a great book. It's kind of the idea, uh, if you know who Frank Kern is, Frank had a talk that he did years ago um, called Core Influence and mm-hmm. it's a two-part thing and part one is basically decide, you know, figuring out who your ideal client is if you're in sales. Uh, the second part is really designing your ideal lifestyle. And mm-hmm. so what I always tell everybody is step two is what, what do you… What do you envision of where you want to go? Because when you start with the end in mind, you can reverse engineer the entire process. And then you can get really super clear on how am I spending my time? And is how I'm spending my time aligned with my my big goal? You know, Mm -hmm. am I spending my money on the right things? Am I spending my time on the right things? Are my actions progressing me towards what it is that I ultimately want to achieve? Um, so those, you know, those three things are, are, are really good foundational point to get very, very clear on what you want and where you want to go.
1: Okay. So number one was make a budget specifically to look at your expenses, see what can be reduced there. Right. Yep. Okay. Two was
0: cut your budget,
1: (laughs) cut your budget. Very good. Slash your budget, budget. Uh, second thing was to start at the end and kind of reverse engineer the path. Yep. Okay. And then third thing was.
0: Uh, get really clear on your time. So I, I recommend everybody do a time study because the reality is, if you're going to, um, you know, ultimately what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to have your side hustle replace your main hustle, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's only so many hours in the day, and if you're working a job for somebody else, which is you know where the whole fire your boss thing comes in, you're probably working at least forty hours a week, maybe more. Um, and so you're going to need to fit this side hustle in around your normal job, you know, hopefully some kind of self-care because, you know, the problem is you're going to be burning at both ends. And so if you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to go down in a hurry. Um, And then around family time, if you know, if you've got a spouse and kids and all that kind of stuff, and then you've got to fit all this in. And so I think time blocking is huge. But the thing is, as you're, as you're blocking out your time and you're figuring out where you're spending your time, you have that clarity of where am I going and what am I doing and, and why am I doing this? And it helps to really kind of get all that together.
1: Nice. Nice. So Good advice. It doesn't,
0: you know, a lot of people are like, well, you got to figure out what you want to do. It, you really can kind of plug anything into that. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, we're obviously, this is a real estate show, so we're, we're passionate about real estate, but not everybody is. And mm-hmm. while that's the path that I took, and that's the one that I, I help people do as well, um, there's lots of stuff out there because digital marketing, there's affiliate marketing, there's, you know, you could, uh, sell stuff on the internet, you know, e-commerce, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do to make a really good amount of money, um, in a relatively short period of time on the side. But mm-hmm. so, you, you know, that, so I guess that would be the fourth step is figure up your passion, but sure. You know,
1: I like it. I like it. I didn't I, ask for four though. Just kidding. (laughs) Awesome. Matt, it's been a pleasure. If someone wanted to get in contact with you and learn more about you, what would be the best way for them to do that?
0: Uh, Best way is go to the website, drmattmotil.com, M A T T M O T I L, drmattmotil.com. And we've got a contact form on that, or you can send me a message right there. There's links to uh, our podcast show. You can get a free copy of my best selling book on there. Just throw us a couple bucks for shipping. You can get the free pissed off guy to financial freedom. All that stuff is really, the website's really the hub. So that's really the best way to go. Nice.
1: That is com. Correct. Perfect. Well, it's been a pleasure, Dr. Matt. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You bet. It's been fun. Wow. Absolutely. Always is. Let's do it again. Okay. Cool. All right. That's it here at the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. I will see you next week for another episode of Thought Leader Thursday. Take care.